0: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the pop culture.
1: I want my MTV. I want my MTV.
0: The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pump, and nuclear brain damage.
1: And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Cosmos, a universe of good and evil, where a small group struggles to bring freedom to the countless worlds of despair. A ragtag band led by the infamous Captain Eel. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the Eighties. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com, and today we celebrate the relaunching of Captain EO. Listen, the Kameh considers us a bunch of losers, but we're going to do it right this time because we're the best. With me, as always, I like to call him the Supreme Wiener, Times Pop Music Critic Sean Daly.
0: And I call you Captain Emo, Uh-oh, because Matt. of something you did as we were watching Captain EO together. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. But yes, I feel very close to you now, Spearsy. We shared a nice day at Disney World this week.
1: And a couple of breakfast croissants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> should we talk about the Burger King we went to before Disney? <laughs> oh, and then I had to use the bathroom, the bathroom. I, I swear the bathroom attendant was James Gum from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> anyway, but we're getting off course. Anyway, so uh, Captain EO is back at Epcot. Uh, it ran from 1986 to 1994. Um, yes, the timing is dubious uh, when it left because Michael all of a sudden was in a lot of trouble then. Uh, but now Michael's back after 16 years. Um, at the beautiful new theater there at Epcot, they really souped it up, and uh, it says something that Disney is back in the Michael Jackson business again, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean Disney of all of all companies is probably more aware of, you know, what does each one of its business practices mean? What is it saying to its consumers and its audience? If and what is the audience to say-
0: saying to them? General consensus, you know, general yeah. consensus a year after Michael Jackson died is that already his legacy is is being repaired. You know these. I mean, uh, the allegations against him, child molestation, uh, whatever. Michael Jackson is becoming canonized, right?
1: When when his when the one year anniversary of his death passed last week, I was amazed how how everybody was talking about just his music again and not all the stuff that happened in the nineties right. and in the aughts.
0: It's the same thing with I. You know, I compare him to Elvis.
1: <laughs> By the way, <laughs> did you see? I don't uh, know. You
0: know what? There was Everyone an outpouring of support. No one can you, suck it.
1: You heard him say it. Everyone can suck it. <laughs> um, there was an outpouring of support for Spearsy here basically saying that, yes, Elvis does suck. or Whatever.
0: Anyway, so Michael Elvis Sinatra, okay? Send your letters to, sh- you know, sdaily at sbtimes.com. So, so Captain EO is back. And Disney last week, earlier in the week, invited Steve and I to go out to Epcot to see it again. And the day before we went, we watched it on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is terrible. Because it was Michael Jackson, George Lucas wrote the story, Francis Ford Coppola directed the 17-minute film, and you and I watched it on this tiny you know, YouTube screen, and
1: uh, we're like, wow, this is terrible. I I pre-wrote the entire story, I think, in my head that we were going to write for the newspaper the next day based on what we saw on YouTube. And then when we went and saw it, Basically, it required an entire rewrite. That's right.
0: Right, We go out there after the, the heinous Burger King breakfast. We get to Epcot. We walk through, and uh, it's in the old Journey to Imagination Pavilion at Epcot, which is now, I think, just called Imagination! Exclamation point. And you walk up, and you see... First of all, we walk by the merchandise stand. And I even think they'd have merchandise. That just shows you how intent Disney is on relaunching this. They have a full merchandise stand with the, the, the rainbow shirt that you were going to buy, but it wasn't that they didn't have the, the triple X's of the rainbow shirt. That's a big rainbow. But they have like a, like the, the hoodies, you know, then they have a cat me in a hoodie or a skull cap. And then you walk up to the theater and it looks like you're back in 1986.
1: Exactly, it? Exactly. And there's a good reason why it does, because the original signage from 1986 was basically been sitting on a shelf collecting dust for 16 years. Disney polished it up, put it right back on the wall, and we're right back in the yeah, that Michael was Jackson cool business. That was a cool
0: story. They, uh, an Imagineer said they were trying to, uh, they were gonna like redo all this stuff, and they found it in an old warehouse. Right. The Eo sign was still up in the wall, and they literally had to unbolt it from the wall. Right. So we go in and we get our uh, our 3D glasses, our yellow 3D glasses, and we watch this really bad pre-show oh, oh, oh. pre-show movie about the making of Eo, which is totally like disjointed and. It looks like, remember that movie Perfect with uh, oh, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis? And, I love that movie. It, it was like bad. every like it Jane found a workout video of them
1: trying to get ready to do yeah. EO. And, and it's 90, 95 degrees at least it's in are Central sweating Florida. You like a son of a bitch. The entire little theater smells like a locker room. It's bad. It's bad. So we walk in, but then they bring in. So the
0: press is in the last two rows of this theater, which looks great. But they didn't try to modernize everything. It really does look like, uh, you know, 1986 in there. And then the top two rows are the press. And then they bring in all these other people. And they're like, we, we can't tell if they're plants or not. They're either really big uh, MJ fans or really big Disney World fans. And people are like, woo! One guy's like, welcome back, Captain! You know, and they're, they're pumping them up, you know. And then we sit down. And then the movie starts. And, uh, again, it's not great. I can't figure out what's going on. It's bad sci-fi. The 3D ain't exactly Avatar, you know? It's a little fuzzy, but it was kind of drawn in.
1: Oh, yeah, immediately. There's something about seeing it in a dark auditorium with 2,000 Michael Jackson fans that suddenly this thing that you see on YouTube that you've mocked for two decades suddenly takes on a new life. Suddenly the music sounds better. Well, they have a new sound system in there, too. Yeah. So it sounds great. Even without it, I think it still would have been a magical experience. When Michael Jackson, um, you know, ascends from beneath oh, yeah. oh, the stage yeah. of his spaceship. That didn't <laughs> sound like ascension. That sounds like indigestion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: crowd goes crazy, though. Crowd goes nuts.
0: And it is kind of tingly. And later on, uh, there's a big dance at the end, and uh, he moonwalks, and the place just goes. Right. A- yeah. But anyway, so... Um, I can't follow the plot immediately. I was, what's going on, Spears? <laughs> it's like he's like the captain of a ragtag crew of like Muppets that George <laughs> Lucas uh, thought of on a bathroom break. I exactly. got it. It's a five minutes, you know. Put a uh, an elephant in a wife beater. That'll be <laughs> that's a great idea. It's the
1: same elephant that's playing the keyboards in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's you're these, right. Yeah, or, or or on the slave yeah. ship. I can't. I can't remember which. Either way, it's a. I swear he stole it straight off the set. And
0: then Michael, as Captain Eo, goes and. Has to appease the supreme leader, who you said uh, I didn't understand what you said. Some of the
1: Borg. She looks and- like the Borg Queen. Anyone who's a, a sci-fi Star Trek fan will look at the supreme leader and go, "That's the Borg Queen." She's got the or Borg tube. Who is a giant she's nerd. She's being suspended. It's it's you yeah. know it's ten years before Star Trek First Contact, but it is the Borg Queen.
0: And Michael says, "Borg Queen, I can free you." I can make you beautiful if you just watch me do the thriller dance. Essentially, yeah. the thriller dance without grabbing my genitals, you know, exactly. which is what it really is. But then, all of a sudden, so then we can change the world. We are here to change the world. Starts playing, and I go to say something to Spearsy, and I see like a little trickle in the in the in the side of an eye, and Spearsy is getting verklempt, emotional. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "Oh God, here we go. And I'm about to say something because the whole theater, it's 4D is what the, the, the you know the gimmick is that they have rumble seats and they have lights you know all that stuff And then when the um, the elephant in Freddie Mercury's mesh tank top. Sneezes, it blows like air and wet like snot at you. I hope that's what it was. I, was I went to turn, like, Spearsy, it's snot, and then I see that you're crying, like we're watching like Little House on the Prairie, but you were moved by it. <laughs> I, no, I don't want to, I don't want to keep, uh, 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 you know, yeah. this, but you were moved by it.
1: Yeah, there's something. Okay, now first of all, I mean, we can save the world. We're here to save the world. It was an original song that Michael wrote for Captain EO. it, and with all the Xanadu lighting effects, you know, he, like, he has little pew-peow, pew-peow, beams of light coming out of his right. hands, and suddenly people start dancing and stuff. I expect Olivia Newton-John to go rolling through on yeah, roller skates. Yeah, it didn't I'm happen. But I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm like, God, you could never get away with writing a song today about we can change the world. And, that, and that's what started getting into my head, that I started thinking back to what it meant to be in the 80s, and really believing that there was still a chance... I mean, it was a likelihood. I mean, it was like our goal to change the world. I mean, it wasn't a silly thing to say. And if there's anybody who could do it, if there's anybody who could lead us there, it was probably Michael Jackson. I mean, this is this is pre, uh, pre-bad, post-thriller, you know, but before any sort of bad thing had ever happened to him. He still looked great.
0: Yeah, he was a good-looking kid.
1: So I think what happened is I got caught up a little bit in the moment of, of what it was like to be back in 1986 and to have a song like this and... And then, you know, to, to have to leave the auditorium 16 minutes later and face a world that we're not even sure we can save, much less change. I mean, huh. I mean, that's what kind of got inside my head a little bit. And, and uh, I lost it.
0: As we, yeah, and then a woman, we were walking out, and there was a woman there, uh, presumably by herself, uh, an older woman, and she said uh, to you, "Wasn't that fantastic, Michael's back?"
1: Yeah, and, and
0: I she, thought, and, and just the sheer joy on her face and the, the sheer like thrill about what she had just seen.
1: I, she didn't want to leave. leave. She want she wanted to stay there outside the auditorium as long as she could. She, you, you could tell she just wanted to talk to someone. She just wanted to share what she had experienced. She wasn't going anywhere. I mean. She was probably there another 15 minutes after we left. That woman probably had a smile on her face for the rest of the day.
0: It's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge draw for Disney, which uh, has done a few smart things to kind of take some of the excitement away from the, the Harry Potter over at Universal. But it's just, it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant uh, move on their part. And for Disney to really sell Michael Jackson again is a huge cultural statement. It really is a huge cultural statement. And I know we have a lot of listeners who
1: aren't ready to forgive
0: Michael or even consider Michael as, you know, as a, you know.
1: Well, we were called pedophiles today on the St. Pete Times website because we wrote oh, a story jerk. Yeah. about Captain Eos. I mean, yeah. we understand there's a little bit of residual but
0: I think it's, stupidity
1: I out there. I can't wait. It.
0: You know, my my daughter, uh, Kid Lulu, I, 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 I talked about her love of Michael Jackson. She loves the Michael Jackson uh, thriller video. But I can't wait to bring her to Epcot and show her this. She's going to flip out. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. She'll probably have some questions like, why was the elephant in the mesh tank top? <laughs> to which I can't... And, Daddy, why are you wearing the same mesh tank top right now? And I can't really answer that. But anyway, a couple of uh, EO facts that Steve dug up. Um, produced at a cost of about $1 million per minute of film. This was, minute for minute, the most expensive motion picture of all time.
1: At the time, I don't know if it's been replaced maybe by Avatar by that. I would think that Avatar... It was pretty expensive to uh, to film. Oh yeah, I I that might have come in about that. that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people forget. So so Francis Ford Coppola directed it,
0: but originally it was supposed to be
1: Steven Spielberg. Steven
0: Spielberg. It, let's be honest. As a time capsule, it's fantastic, and it was thrilling, and people are going to have really fu- have fun with this. And Michael's a beautiful looking kid up there. It's not the best movie. No. It there's... doesn't look like the world's most expensive movie. And then there's this weird cameo at the end, and I guess we can give it away because we will remember it, where Angelica Houston is, in fact, the supreme leader, the pretty version of the supreme. And she has this really weird, like, creepy, you know, like, uh, like wave. yeah, like stone-faced wave. Like, I can't believe I got talked into doing <laughs> this. I'm going to sue This everybody. is what I get for
1: sleeping with Francis. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. But yeah. well, we had a good time. And then Spears and I went on Test Track together. And Spaceship Earth. And you wouldn't shut up. Like, here I am trying to enjoy the majesty of Epcot. You're like, hey, Daly, Daly, <laughs> let's make out. You know, I'm like, come on, dude. I'm trying to enjoy it. No, come on.
1: But it was fun. It was a nice day. Yeah, I wish we could have spent the whole day there. It'd be interesting to experience Epcot through Daily eyes. Daily eyes. Well, I by a, that I mean tequila bar eyes. I, I kept talking
0: about. I'm dying to go to the new tequila bar at the, the the Mexico Pavilion. But Spears and I had a nice moment as we were walking into Epcot, and we see the majestic Spaceship Earth, the giant Epcot golf ball. Stephen Q. Spears tells me, what you what'd you tell me?"
1: Uh, I think I said, uh, I think in 1987, I told a girl I loved her in front of the Epcot ball.
0: And not just any girl, but...
1: Lasagna girl.
0: God, see, it's all yeah. starting to come together.
1: Yeah, we sat there. It was Memorial Day weekend, 1987. And- had
0: you had planned this for weeks? So I'm going to tell her I love her in front yeah, of the Epcot ball? Yeah, you know, we were
1: at that awkward stage for a relationship where you start saying, I miss you instead of I love you. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You, no, you know, no, I don't. I don't, you, I don't doubt that <laughs> for a second. But I mean, we at that time, we were riding back and forth. Um, I think school was already out. And um, so every email, every mail is like, you know, I I miss you so much. I miss you. I miss you. I I really miss you. And it was becoming code talk. Yeah. And so I I made up my mind because I knew we were going to Epcot that day. I think it was the first time I'd ever been to Epcot, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I didn't want to go when I was a kid, you know, because Epcot opened at a time when I was already kind of like, you know, preteen, pre adult. And I just didn't really want to go hang out at Disney World.
0: I've always. I know, but you're unique. My life.
1: You're unique that way. The most most people I think would, would find themselves like me, were in the sense that, you know, there's maybe ten years of their life they sort of turned off stuff like Disney World, I'm furious, and that's when Epcot kind of opened. So here I was. It was the first time we'd gone there, and we were there together. And finally, at the very end of the day, we're standing in front of the Epcot ball where the little there's a little fountain right there, and we yeah, sat nice. down. And I looked. You, into you
0: her. called it like the Lake of Doom or something like that. Yeah, yesterday. the Lake of Sorrow. The Lake of Sorrow.
1: Uh, I looked into her eyes. I held her hand. I said, "You know, I love you. You know, I came wow. here to tell you that I love you."
0: I'm messing up now.
1: And um, she smiled back, and she says, oh, "She's like, I know." And she said, "She said, I know." She said, "I know," and then she said, "I love you too." Oh God, I thought you were gonna wow. No, That's she did. nice. So then, from then on, we never had to say "I miss you" in, in letters. We could always just say "I love you."
0: And well, how long did the "I love you" just last?
1: <sighs> Not quite two years from that.
0: Oh, that's oh, that's good. Two up, years is a good run. We broke run. up
1: our senior year. Yeah.
0: That's a, nice, that's a nice story. So I Googled, nice story.
1: I did Google her the other day just to see if I could find her because I wanted to kind of get her. All
0: right, that's creepy. That's I just want to
1: find out if she remembered that event, too, and, and I, I've still not been able to find her. That's okay.
0: Well, I had a really nice day with you at Epcot. I'm very earnest at Disney, aren't I? You are. You- I'm childlike. I'm whimsical almost.
1: You really, you really put the ball and shaft humor away for a day.
0: I did. I tuck it away. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> you tucked it <laughs> right underneath. By
1: my other ball and shaft. Yeah. Sure uh, here's a question for you. Okay, so EO is back. Right. Is there another '80s era ride or attraction in the in the Disney arsenal that you would also like to see return?
0: I'll tell you what. Um, they're redoing Star Tours. Oh. Uh, over at, uh, it's now Disney Hollywood Studios, and Star Tours is another Lucas thing, and I think that launched in the 80s, and oh. they're going to redo it. But I'd like you and I to go over there and go on that before they redo it. God, but I don't that's really. real
1: herky jerky. I mean, I remember getting You'll off the You barf. I know you get a little. No, uh, I went on it last time. I didn't barf, but I did. wacky ever...
0: robots, like, I don't know how to drive the spaceship.
1: Looks cool, though. The, the, the queue for that, the
0: line is awesome, because when you first walk in, remember, you walk by the the, the real-size X-Wing fighter, I think, and C-3PO and R2-D2 are working on it. Right. And I remember the first time I walked in, I was like...
1: That's the only reason to go to Hollywood Studios, too. I mean, I'm, maybe it's just me. Tower I, of Terror! No, it's not my turn rock and roller coaster! No, not doing it. How what
0: are you, a monster?! I'm going to tell you I love you at uh, Hollywood <laughs> Studios. I'm going to change the whole environment there. Right. Do you have a ride that you'd love for? To yeah. Come back? And
1: do you remember um, if you had wings? <gasps> oh my God! Of course I do. It was originally. Have wings? If
0: you. Yeah. Now it's um, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger. It's spin. a shame.
1: Back then, Eastern Airlines was, I think, the original sponsor, and they had a few wings. And back in the day, when when Disney World first opened, you didn't buy a a. Um, a ticket to the park, and you you couldn't ride every ride. What you did was you bought a sure. book of tickets, e-ticket, and um, Space Mountain was an e-ticket. Sure, like going to Pirates. see Steam, Steamboat Willie was like an A-ticket.
0: <laughs> I love Steamboat Willie. Yeah, yeah it was but an you a. couldn't
1: give away an A-ticket. What was if
0: you had wings?
1: Nothing. <gasps> it was Good. free. Good twist. Really, because it, it was one of the sponsored rides. Yeah. So it was basically a, a, a five-minute-long commercial for Eastern Airlines. Because at the very end, it's like you do have wings, Eastern. Will be your wings, don't you remember that? Don't you? I remember to this how day, cold I still want to fly was, and I think
0: you either take off or you land and you're in that kind of dome, which take is like off. A, a 360, yeah, yeah, and you kind of go through that. I remember that kind of your chair leans
1: back, and so it seems like you're going faster than you are. And then it looks like it's a takeoff, then it looks like you're on an airboat, and it looks like you're on a speedway. It's oh, that was my favorite. And because it was met, free, yeah, you could sit there and just go on it over, and there was never a wait. Just over and over again. I
0: have never been so turned on to you as I am right now. (laughs) You know
1: what else turns me on? The The saggies. saggies. Ah, by the sound, it must be time for Reader Mailbag. And after um, a brilliant... Episode 202, uh, we had a lot of emails, but for today, we've only picked one.
0: And before we get to it, it's a, a letter from Chip McNamara. Before we get to Chip's letter, I want to talk about some other chips. Oh, Do you yes. like that? God. Our friend Navy Austin mm-hmm. sent us a huge box full of Utz crab chips. Yeah. I, ate, I just ate like one of the smaller bags. So delicious. What'd oh, you think? So
1: salty. Oh, so salty. but so good no the first you eat one you're like I don't get it and then you eat a couple and you're starting to feel the crab flavor it's all base seasoning yeah and then by like chip 7 or 8 or 10 or 20 your mouth feels like you're sucking on a big salt lick oh I love that I love that.
0: Have you ever had, gone to like a crab Crack? Have you ever had like no, a Chesapeake no, Blue Club? No, really? No. i
1: got to fly up to Baltimore. I've never been to Baltimore.
0: Now that we're in Disney love, i got to take you to Baltimore. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to start introducing you to my family. <laughs> anyway, so thanks to Navy also. And thank you to Sarah in Massachusetts, who sent us some um, uh, Northeastern regional appropriate snacks. Some Cape as well. Cod snacks.
1: She sent us some, because uh, molasses cookies were good.
0: I, I don't want to make a big deal, but she also sent you like birthday cards like uh, was she's, that sweet? she's a spearset is she a spearset uh don't say that no, she said a bad, don't you
1: just you just you know what no i didn't ruin it you're I'm c-blocking just, me now because you're branding that. everybody a spearset merlin,
0: merlin listen to me i'm not c-blocking you it's sweet that you have you know you have people who love you like to me she sends me chips to you it was like she sent you gifts and don't, she actually said don't show
1: sean yeah all right you, pretty me, sure there's some photos in there no, but you oh, know what my. was also really cool? Yeah. She sent a gift for Nick the cat. Nick the ball leaking cat. Rhodes loves you. God, the Spears. I took it home. Nick it. was like playing with it for five minutes, and he passed out. So I had like the, the night to myself. It was Does nice. Have ca- catnip in it? Yeah, Man, lovely. Like catnip.
0: All so right, back ready? to
1: chips. Uh, go to chips' letter.
0: This is from Crab Chip McNamara. <laughs> Dear Sean and Steve, and in parentheses he says, "I figured putting Sean's name first would guarantee this got read by Sean." And you're right. Last summer, I was making the transition from sales back to teaching. To earn money before school started, I took a job as a courier, which often meant I was driving as much as 300 miles a day. Jesus. 300 miles a day. My alert. I needed something to listen to in the car, and while searching for podcasts about the 80s, I found you guys. I started from the beginning and only skipped episodes that involved movies I had not yet seen. It was a sad day last November when I finally caught up to you guys, and I had to wait for the next podcast like everybody else. I'm finally writing now because the other day I drove my old route again, and while looking for something to listen to, I went back to my faithful Stuck in the 80s. I selected a few episodes I had originally skipped and a few that I had listened to before. Once again, you guys made uh, my work enjoyable. In my eyes, I was getting paid to listen to Stuck in the 80s. Don't worry, guys. Your cut should be arriving any day. My favorite parts are the banter between you guys. It reminds me of how I joke with my friends, and that always makes me laugh. My favorite episodes are the yearly episodes, such as one-hit wonders and horrible hits, as they instantly transport me back to a middle school dance, a moment with an old girlfriend, or just hanging out in my room as a kid. So, Sean and Spearsy, could you please play I Wanna Go Back by Eddie Money? Oh, sorry, guys. Got caught up in the wrong show for a second there. Sincerely, though, thanks so much for making driving my car so much fun. You will always have a loyal listener here in Richmond, Virginia, Chip McNamara. Tell you what, just for kicks, let's play I Want to Go Back by Eddie Money.
1: I love that song. Yeah, I do too. Any money? I wonder when we'll see him again in Tampa Bay.
0: <laughs> well, here he is now delivering <laughs> our sandwiches. Uh, so thanks, Chip, and everybody, keep the emails coming.
1: As always, send them to stuckinthe80s at What's
0: happening? Hot stuff.
1: Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you can get it right, Sean will read your name on next week's show. And if, if, you, if you really write a nice email, I'll send you a band sticker. I might even sign it. I guarantee I'll be signing Sean's name. <laughs> Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Dad's late. He's so irresponsible. I said, Dad, three o'clock sharp. But no, it's just in one ear, out the other. I need your car. Yeah, it's Chainsaw from summer school. Uh, I love Chainsaw. That's a great I can't movie. quit this movie. I want I to can't. so bad. I no, it's can't. a great
0: movie. It's good. But my problem is Mark Harmon and his weird nipples. These are they're not like, weird. They're bizarre. He's got one up here, one down here. I don't know what you're talking but about. But you know what? I don't want to pick on him because I'm also misshapen. I don't really <laughs> even want to see your nipples. Have All I seen right. your nipples? You're totally seeing my nips in Vegas. Get You better get used to it. Maybe we should have a few practice runs. <laughs> one at a time. There you go. See, one hair blown in the wind i don't doubt that for a second i am like i'm gonna outswim you. you can't even I see mine no. through the
1: hair it's so sad <laughs> i'm gonna get like one of those flobies and use it on my chest before oh, vegas yeah.
0: <laughs> by the way speaking of vegas august 13th through the 15th yeah we now have what 20 uh 20 listeners i think it's 20 have people on that's Damn. great it's going be fun it's crazy uh steve's uh mustache goatee is it the van dyke is that what they call it i think so uh it's looking good now
1: I look like an angry man, though, with it, don't I? No,
0: Wait, like evil spearsy, yeah. like bizarre. Nah, yeah, you like, look nice. You know, like like Spock. You're, you are know? you are cherubic and lovable. But you came mm. over to um, uh, my house, the Daily Mance, the other day, and you saw the Forever Fiance. And last night she's like, "Boy, I like Steve's facial hair." Did she really? Yeah. And then she's like, "I wish Sean, I wish you could grow something like that." And I'm like, "What's well, that, baby? No, you know why would you say such a thing?" <laughs> when Spears coming
1: back? No, she liked it. Wow. She thought it was hot. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can keep it up. It's really. It's Florida's a warm uh, state. Yeah, it's hot, all the sweat and I like you must have been miserable yesterday oh, with that God, well you know I was. Yeah, you saw me.
0: Anyway, we had uh, plenty of winners this week in mystery movie moment. Uh, they are Tim Hardy in Rock Island, Illinois. Craig in New Hampshire. Doc Hamilton, Steve Compton in Colorado, Carrie like the movie, formerly Chick Taylor in Northern Kentucky, Dr. Igor itself, and Jay Emmett.
1: You know, I look over the list, and I look over the states, and I'm thinking, uh, what product could we swear doesn't exist this week so that maybe someone will send us a box of them? I just realized that Carrie is
0: formerly Chick Taylor in Northern Kentucky, right? She's changed her name. Yeah. Uh, threw me off with your punctuation there. I'm I know. Sure I'm People like to change their names. By the way, names. speaking of our, our listeners, uh, before the show started, I wondered, uh, whither the Fat Man. Remember Fat Man?
1: We haven't heard from him in a
0: while. Yeah. Is he still out there? I wonder if we had a show where he was totally turned off. Could be. It happens. We've lost some good ones along the way. <laughs> but Fat Man, damage. if you're still listening, Fat Man, um, drop us a, line. us a shout. Drop us a line. We miss yeah. you. All
1: right. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. It has been an eternity. Since i felt such desire. If you know it, email us at stuckcaneseatampabay.com and then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. <laughs> ah, the mystical refrain that is named at 80s Tune A. Hey, this is where we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s and if you can get it right, Sean is going to go breathless reading uh, your name on the air because uh, after this week's list, he ain't going to have power left for next week's list. Are you ready? Yes. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. (laughs) That's The Promise by When in Rome. And why did you pick The Promise by Winning in Rome? Because Win in Rome will be at the Lost 80s weekend in Las Vegas with us. Let's invite them up to our party suite. When we be, do have a party suite. How'd they be laying those lyrics on the girls, though? We'd have no chance.
0: I don't know. With that facial hair, you might be uh, like uh, Babe Ruth. Of, get the uh, dude from Win in Paves. Rome
1: quoting you lyrics from The Promise? No, nah, that's like, forget it. Instant panty remover. Read some of the names.
0: Yeah, some of our winners this week include Kevin Josephson in British Columbia, Rob at The (laughs) Rob Blog. What is that? Rob at The Rob Joey Belanger in Texas, Dan Newcomb, The Metal Guy from Austin, Jason in Hamlin, New York, Diane Parapetti in Chicago, John Brandt, Dina in Sacramento, Ken in St. Louis, A Rod in Ocala, and. The great Roberto Rizzo, a.k.a. Latin Rascal. I had no idea that was Latin Rascal's real name. (laughs) Good one, Roberto Rizzo. Awesome. Thanks, Latin. I love that guy.
1: Yeah, he's the best. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at com, and you, too, can be a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) T-M-N. <laughs> that was my little Michael Jackson touch. That was great. People, <laughs> people are just going to love that. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, as usual, we've gotten a few uh, questions sent to us via email this week, and we picked one out. Sean?
0: Yes. Dear Sean and Steve, I have a question that only the two greatest experts on the 80s can answer. Mm, you're, Spears is a great expert of the 80s. Me? Uh, I fake it like everything else in life. (laughs) I was born in 1979, so I was only 10 when the decade ended. I have vague memories of Ronald Reagan and of hearing about the Challenger explosion on the bus home from elementary school. I watched Alf and Thundercats. I played with Star Wars toys, but obviously I wasn't listening to the decade's music. I didn't see The Breakfast Club in theaters. I missed out on Live Aid and New Coke. Now, as a 31-year-old, I love everything 80s, the music, the movies, the culture. So here's my question. What age qualifies one to be truly of the 80s to have gotten the complete feel of the decade? Thanks, Scott Whitlock, Woodbridge, Virginia. (sighs) There you go. You know what, Spears? I'm going to offer this up to you. I think I know what you're about to say, and it's very metaphysical and beautiful, (laughs) but go ahead and say it anyway.
1: No, I know what you think. No, I would say to have ideally experienced some of the 80s, you would have had to have at least a few of your high school years in the 80s. Just a couple. I had all of mine. I went to all, of, I went to all four years of high school, all four years of college were in the 80s. So I am like as bathed in the 80s you can, as you can get. But ideally, a couple of those years, because that to me is what made the 80s great, is, is that the impact it had on teenagers.
0: I am going to say that my age, which I will reveal, is 40 years old. Re- yep. Recently 40, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to say that a 40 year old uh, man or woman is perfectly um, experienced uh, the 80s to their full capacity. I was prepubescent, 10 year old in 1980, and then I was a love machine in 1989. So uh, I got the full run of it as 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 a a young boy, but also as as a a Randy young teen. What do you think about that, Spears? Yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) hard to make that. (laughs) I would say generally speaking, from people that I talk to every day who, who ask about the eighties and then I ask them, you know, you know, what are your memories? Generally speaking, anybody before the age of thirty five these days doesn't really get it. You think I mean, yeah. I mean there's always exceptions and especially with the, with like TV We have a lot of young listeners. I know we do. Think. And I'm and so I'll say there's there's always lots of exceptions because really, I mean, with the eighties came the era of the VCRs and and home video and so people could watch these movies you know at home, and so that they did experience. I mean, it doesn't really matter that you didn't see the Breakfast Club in theaters. I mean, yeah, I did, but who cares? I, mean, I
0: think here's my theory, and I think that, uh, unlike, say, the 90s or the '00s, is that the 80s weren't um, a subtle decade at all, they're extremely obvious and overt with like these like, large characteristics. You know, it's kind of an easy decade to grab onto and it 's all kind of garish and uh you know these these big movements and statements and stuff, so I think an eighteen nineteen twenty year old can grasp the eighties and enjoy the eighties better and feel and, and kind of get a feel of what it was like to be living in the eighties than they could say nineties and odds right. are now that 's just my theory I, I think a lot of I it
1: think, deals too with when did you i mean at what point do you experience something like the breakfast club? I mean obviously, I saw it when I was you know sixteen seventeen years old. Did um, you know if you know if as a teenager today you see Breakfast Club as a fifteen or sixteen or seventeen year old? I think it still has the same meaning for you. If you see it for the first time when you're thirty years old, no. Um, You know if you—that's just me. When I saw The Graduate for the first time, what was it, 1967 or something like Mm -hmm. that? I saw it right when I got out of college. The same as Dustin Hoffman's character in the movie, so I connected. I connected with it. Right. Um, in the pool, when he yeah. sinks to the
0: bottom of the pool. Every time I sink to the bottom of the pool, I think about that.
1: And every time I sleep with a married woman. <laughs> but the um, it's just one of those movies that if you see it at the right time, it means just as much to you than it would have in the 60s as it did to me in the, in the late 80s. So, I mean, you know, that's just what we're boils down to. I mean, generally speaking, between 35 and 45, I would say, is your wheelhouse. But, but I
0: think you're right about that. I think that's why we get listeners. We have listeners who are like 13, 14, 15 years old. Because, because their parents grew up in the 80s. Right.
1: And, and their parents are still watching the movies. And so they're seeing these movies for the first time because their parents are watching it. And be
0: the biggest man on the planet is U2. U2 was essentially born in the 80s. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the, um, the lasting effects of the 80s lasted longer than, say, the 90s or, or
1: the odds. But you look, you're, that's yeah. a great
0: point about The Breakfast Club. It's like, you know, um, yeah, when you see it, when it's, it's age appropriate. When you see it, when if you're a parent, you're like, these kids could shut up. Right. You know what? I hope my kids aren't doing this. But right. you see it when you're 18, you're like, man, this movie speaks to me, right? Well, right, exactly.
1: Another good example, Miguel in Portugal, who's one of our good friends, he the other day just saw um, Last American Virgin for the first time. Now, Miguel is probably in his late 30s. That movie is not going to have any sort of impact on you in your late 30s if you watch it for the first time. So what you're saying is Miguel didn't enjoy it? No, he he didn't like it at all. I know he didn't. He told me so. Um, It's just one of those things. I mean, to me, I've never seen The Goonies and I've never seen E.T. I don't think that if I watched them today, I would get nearly what I would have gotten out of them had I watched them when I was like 11 years old. Yeah. But then again, I wasn't 11 years old when they came out. I was closer to 14 or 15, and the idea of watching E.T. didn't appeal to me. So I don't think I will ever be at a stage where a movie like that's going to have any impact on me. And you me. still haven't seen E.T., correct? No. What happens he dies at the end, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well said. Very, very nice moment on Stuck in the 80s. Very yeah. poignant. Thank you. Uh, For your PPTMN questions, Scott Whitlock in Woodbridge, Virginia. Good debate.
1: Yeah, and as always, you can always send them to us. uh, Just drop us an email. But remember, put PPTMN in the subject line. How do 80s Nation? This is Mark in New Jersey. Are you going out to Vegas to hang out with the colorful cuties and cut-ups of the stuck in the 80s crew? Well, what are you waiting for? We need you out there. Somebody's gotta protect Spears from Darth Vader, I mean Vegas girlfriend. Let's be honest, restraining orders really only work when you got a cop around. And you gotta go out there for no other reason than to watch Sean Daly make a Vegas showgirl say, Mama Yes. Ah, there's a nice special fan greeting from Mark Grant in New Jersey. Mark in New Jersey. We love him. Yes. He's all, been, is now, right? all is forgiven now. All is
0: forgiven. He he was really angry with us. Um Sean Daly was doing shed. shows
1: drunk. He's getting
0: help for that now. Uh, he took us around the woodshed, gave us a talking to, and now Mark is like one of our favorite fans. He's yeah. been doing a lot of good work, uh, putting together some fun graphics for us from Vegas. Yeah. So thank you,
1: my friend, for your fan greeting. Do you see Mark Grant as a kind of kind of come down to Florida and see Captain EO guy?
0: You know what? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But uh, Steve and I want to invite each and every one of you. That if you're coming to Disney World to see Captain EO, drop us a line. If you're going to he- head over to Tampa Bay, maybe we can uh, we can meet up. Have a sexy Susie. Have a sexy Susie, our signature sushi roll. We have exactly. had one in a while. But, um, but EO looks great. They took the original 70 millimeter print and they made a new print, kind of cleaned it up a bit. I love that they did not go digital. I love that it's still, um, you know, uh, it's real film. So come on over and check it out and let us know what you think. And you know what? If you don't agree with us about Michael Jackson, you can still send us letters. I just won't read them.
1: I know. <laughs> you, know the, you know the one bad thing that comes from from Captain EO is um, there's a couple songs that, there's one song that'll be stuck in your head at the end of the day after you've seen it.
0: Oh yeah, there's a little surprise at the end. So uh, we are here to change the world is the main song, and then at the very end, and it, I thought the sound system sounded great. What didn't sound great was you singing this song all the way home. But that's all okay. the way home. Yeah. But now let's get it stuck in uh, all our listeners' heads too.
1: So with Michael Jackson, Sean Daly, and myself, we remain here, all of us, happily, Stuck in the 80s. You.
0: You stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at
1: blogs.tampabay.com, and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.